Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Matthew Ma. Welcome to the Truth About Real Estate podcast. Today, we're talking with real estate entrepreneur and investor, Bob Lachance, about how real estate professionals can scale and grow their business with trained virtual assistants. Welcome to the show, Bob. Thanks for having me, Matthew. Appreciate it. Nice. So yeah, I want to talk to you more about real estate and as well as, you know, how do you scale your business with virtual assistants? So to start off, can you tell us about your journey into real estate? Sure, I'll make it. I'll make it quick. Uh, I started investing back in 2004. Prior to that, I played uh, professional hockey for eight years. Uh, four years here in the U.S., four years in Europe. Um, so, I left school two classes short of my degree, and then um, I decided, you know, real estate. Uh, there's zero barriers of entry, so I chose that as a career for life after sports. Jumped in with two feet. Uh, my first deal was a rehab. I thought I was a rehabber at the beginning of my, uh, my journey. And then in 2005, I actually got my real estate license as well. Um, I also got involved in short sales. So I started doing um, a ton of short sales. And then uh, I partnered with my first partner, first business partner um, on the short sales side. And uh, we started doing a lot of those. I think we've probably done over, this is going over the years, probably seven, eight, 900 short sale transactions. Uh, started a real estate education program while investing. Um, then helped launch another one in 2007. Fast forward while I was investing as well and working with uh, multiple of coaching students. I also started a virtual assistant company, my first one in 2014. Um, and the main reason why I did that, I know you, you'll probably ask this question, but main reason why I did that uh, was because, you know, investors like myself, agents like myself, um, there's a lot of challenges in getting all the tasks done that are needed to consistently be done uh, on a long-term basis to drive in the right leads or get the right tasks done in order to um, you know have a successful business. So light bulb went on in 2013 when I got introduced actually to what virtual assistants were. 2014, uh, launched my first company um, and tested it for about two years to make sure that you know agents, investors actually needed it and wanted it and uh, come to find out they did. And you know, fast forward today, I think we're we're over 640 virtual assistants uh, as of today. And I also, wow. also have a real estate investment company as well. So, but I know we're going to dig into that. Nice. That is definitely a handful. So we want to break that down. So you come from professional sports, uh, you said hockey. So yeah. how, you know, you mentioned too, going from hockey, professional sports, and then jumping into real estate as, because the, their barrier to entry is pretty low and you can yeah. get in quick, many different categories to get in. What made you choose like becoming an agent for, agent and also becoming an investor? And like when you're doing that, like how did you scale so quickly over over the years to do 800 to 900 um, short sale homes? Yeah, actually, when I first got started, though, I, I you know I was reading books just like a lot of us that got started um, on the investment side. I first read Rich Dad Poor Dad, which I know a lot of us have. I saw you smiling <laughs> there, so it's probably the way you got started as well. Yeah. Uh, I got hooked on it and, um, you know, I started buying a couple other courses and bought one course on rehabbing. It was all about real estate, but really all about, you know, nothing in particular. So uh, my first deal was actually a rehab. It was a listed property. I was farming areas, jumping in the car, driving around neighborhoods and seeing what properties, you know, needed work, whether the roof was, needed a new roof, high grass, et cetera. Um, the typical stuff that we all know on the vacant properties when, you know, we all know through the through the years when there's a bank that has a property, sometimes you drive by and the grass is, you know, up to your knees or up to your, up to your waist in certain parts of the country. Um, but I decided at that point, I thought I was a rehabber. And then after I did my first rehab, I saw a speaker speak at a local real estate investment association and he was speaking on uh, virtual, or he was speaking on um, uh, pre-foreclosure short sales. At that point, I was buying anything. So anything that actually uh, came across my desk as far as education, I was buying it because, again, I was back in, in the student days. So uh, purchased a, a pre-foreclosure course. And right after I read that course, now, I'm a, now I was a, a short sale investor, right? I was shiny object guy back in the day. Uh, so I, uh, next event, I looked around and I said, hey, who, the, who is the best individual in Connecticut for short sales? And they all pointed the same individual. Name is Pat Precourt. Walked up to him, introduced myself, said, hey, Pat, um, you don't know who I am, but um, I'm brand new in real estate investing, but I'm looking to get in the game. Do you have any openings? And he said, actually, I have an opening for a door knocker. 
and I didn't know what a door knocker was. So come to find out, he gives me a script and he gives me a bunch of leads and records. He said, go knock on those doors and see if they want to sell. So for a year straight, I literally knocked on doors from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. every Monday through Friday. So... Wasn't that really hard too? Because for example, when you come from uh, professional sports, you're really well trained, you're really well coached. But when you jump into real estate, there's not that many coaches out there. Not every agent wants to pay as an independent and wants to spend time learning because they're, they're spending so many wheels at the same time trying to figure out the business. And if they don't have that kind of structural background to make it happen, it's a lot of work. Or even for you, like to go and you took the initiative and that's the hardest part, taking the execution to go meet a top person who's already been doing the business and ask them, hey, do you have any openings? What can I do to learn from you and help? And he mentioned door knocking and you actually did it. Most people, I would say 95, 99% don't want to door knock from 10 to 3 or door knock at all because it's scary on the other side, right? The mentality of yep. getting nose every single day. Yeah, and door knocking, I'll be honest with you, door knocking is not fun, right? <laughs> It's it's in back in the day, I got to realize we don't have the same things that we have right now. Right. Texting wasn't around and, you know, cold calling wasn't a big thing. Prospecting. Yeah, it was around. But to get phone numbers and to get data was a lot different than now. Right. So that's what that's one of the, the main reasons why I did that. But I also in my mind, my thought process was I want to join a team because if one day that team is not there, then I have the the knowledge and I have the basics to be able to go out and start my own company. So I think it's really important. Me For me personally, I love working with teams. Um, I love working with individuals. Maybe that's why I've started <laughs> different companies that have also been always been team-based. But for me personally, it's way more fun working with a team and it's more enjoyable because, um, you know, as a, as a solopreneur, whether you're a single agent, a single investor, you could only grow so much if you work by yourself. Right. And, and that's something that's important. I think it's true. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You want to go fast, go go alone, right? You want to go far, you got to go with the team and really build, think about that, right? How the different effect. A part of that too, since we're talking on the topic of teams, it's like some people say, well, hey, why am I giving 50% away to someone else? And you know, I'm doing all the work, right? But they don't, especially as a new person, they don't really see what's behind the scenes. All the years and experience you did to get to where you're at, all the marketing, the administration, the TCs, the challenges to make that happen and to build a lead generation pipeline and to have you know qualifications and even content to you know, convert, right? That's hard. It's not easy. As a solopreneur, what are you doing? You're going to do all of them yourself and rebuild the whole thing? That's right. It's funny you say that. It's, kind of, it, it's the same thing. It's kind of like you see you know, you see professional athletes, you see like LeBron James or whether you like him or not, whatever, he's still one of the best, right? Yeah. You, you look at it, no one realizes the work that's put in, you know, during practice when nobody's watching. You look at a guy like Steph Curry is a great example, right? I mean, he, he makes these shots that I've, I, I don't even know are humanly possible, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. But you look at what he does behind the scenes when the cameras aren't on, when he's training, he's practicing that. Same thing with, you know, your success, our success. I know you have an IT background, right? For I think 15 years and then you've been doing real estate for 14 years. Well, guess what? You've earned the right 14 years later and your knowledge base is way higher because you got beat up for those 14 years. And guess what? In real estate, I have a, a company, I think we closed by now uh, this past year, about 140 transactions already. And you know what? We still get beat up during the year, right? It's just part of the growth, but it allows us to be able to then um, educate the individuals that work for us, whether they're agents, whether they're you know uh, other real estate investors that work with us, acquisition people. On the virtual assistant side, same thing, right? I mean, everything in business is you have ups and downs in business, but that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's why um, you have certain people that are higher than others because they just dust themselves off and they get back up and keep going. Yeah, I'm sure like, for example, like, you know, Walt Disney, Elon Musk, those guys, they all got beat up so bad, but they kept fighting to the very end and then basically survive or die and they'll go to that extreme to push it to make it happen. And you see the results now, how crazy is that result, right? But it took years to make it happen, not days. Yeah. And you got to be okay with it. I mean, it's part of being an entrepreneur is guess what? You get your knee, your knee a little bloodied. You got to dust it off, put a bandaid on and go back to work. Part of the game. Exactly. And even for you too, especially as a sports professional in hockey, you're getting hit, you're getting hit hard and you're getting knocked down. Even if you have a strategy, that one next second, someone just knocked you out, right? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to be aware. I mean, sports and, and being an athlete is a lot like owning a business or just being in business in general, because 
you know, you do at, at certain times, um, you have to overcome adversity, right? Whether you, you know, the coach thinks that uh, you're having a bad game, sits you on the bench for a couple of shifts. Guess what? You got to get back out there. You got to reframe your mind, get back on the ice and, and uh, work harder than you did before. Same thing in business. There's a lot of very good similarities in that and, and getting up and dusting yourself off. So, you know, when you started doing all the real estate, you started doing the transactions, even in the beginning, did you guys have virtual assistants? Or like, how did you guys start using virtual assistants? Like, what was the mindset to shift from doing it yourself to having and delegating to someone else? Yeah. So, like I said, when I started in 2004, or 2004 um, I didn't even know what a virtual assistant was. I didn't know. I, I got introduced to virtual assistants in 2013. So, a long time from Yeah. When I started one of the coaching programs in 2007, I've always had, I've always been, you know, looking for different types of products or services to help out either my own business or our students. So, you know, you go 2008, 2009, by the time we're in 2013, we've probably worked with 20 plus thousand students and the same thing kept happening. The same common theme. It was, I don't have enough time. I want to scale. I want to become more efficient. So Mm -hmm. like I said, I was looking for a service out there, a product out there, anything that would help either my business or our students. And, you know, finally, 2013, I got introduced to what a virtual assistant was. And I'm like, huh, maybe this is exactly what I'm looking for. So I hired my first one. And then uh, 2014, light bulb went on and said, why don't I take all of what I've helped create and learned in the back end on training and, you know, working with students and, and reinvest that same knowledge into virtual assistants. So I launched my first company, 2014, um, and there's a whole back, there's a whole backstory on, on getting set up in a different country as a whole. You know, that's a, that's a seven podcast series of its own, but wow. um, you know, so that's, that, that was the, the, the start of it. So that's a good point too, because you took it, your experience and you built upon it and you hired your virtual assistants. Let's talk about that part of too. Cause I think for the most part, a lot of agents out there are scared to hire their first virtual assistant because one is I can do it better. I know it. I've been doing it for so long. I can handle everything. Really, that's not good because you're juggling so many balls. But the part about it is like, how do you learn to let go? How are you delegating it? And how do you even train the other person? And even if it's local U.S. or if it's out of country, how are you, you know, they need to become a leader, a business owner, and have the mindset that they need to learn how to delegate and be a leader. And, and you know what? Um, when we, we all think the same way, right? No matter what, whether it's a, you know, a seasoned agent, uh, starting agent, us, you know what? Uh, a lot of times they can do that task better than anybody in this world. Yep. But guess what? You can't grow, you know, to where you want to go if you want to do everything. So here's here's my thought process and how I've always done it um, that seemed to work out. It's the 80-20 rule, right? Mm-hmm. You could look at it and say if even, even 70-30, we'll even make up a 70-30 rule, right? If someone could do something 70% as good as you, and do it on a consistent basis where they're doing it every single day. Over the long haul, it's way better than us doing 100% of it 50% of the time or 60% of the time because consistently, I mean, think about this in the real estate agent world. You can only prospect so long you know, in, in, in one particular day because if you have a closing one day, you got to do a showing, you got to do a multi, you're doing transaction coordinating tasks. Before you know it, guess what you're not doing? Prospecting as an example. Yeah. Right. You're not cold calling. You're not finding the next listing, the next buyer, et cetera. There's a lot of stuff that you're not doing. So if you if you are the type of person who has to do everything, um, your competitor right next to you that does 70 percent of the stuff, but delegates it and they do it 100 percent of the time, they're going to get outlasted every single day. Does that make sense? Absolutely right. And we talk about that all the time, like, you know, t- teaching agents, like you really need to learn to delegate. Yeah, you're right. 80-20 rule, 70-30 rule. It makes sense. And some, even some people say, I'm a new agent and I can't afford to delegate. And I get that at some point. But for example, if you can learn to do it and let's say you get your first deal in, once you get your first deal in, reinvest it. It's not an expense. It's actually an investment. So learn to reinvest that money into growing your business. If you know this is going to be a full-time job and a business that you want to grow, it is an entrepreneurship. So you got to reinvest into your business to continue growing and scaling like yeah prospecting let's say you make us easy you make a hundred dollars an hour prospecting some people make a thousand dollars an hour but if you're doing a five dollar hour job ten dollar hour job twenty dollar hour job is that worth your time and we all have a mental energy level right are we going to waste all of our mental energy just doing all the administrative tasks every day 
Yep. I mean, you nailed it. If you're doing 10 hour, $5, $10 an hour, $15 an hour tasks, you're going to have that $10 an hour bank account all day long. <laughs> yeah. and one of my buddies actually taught me that. And they said, listen, if you, if you yourself or anybody I know is doing those $10 an hour tasks, you're going to, it's going to equate to a $10 an hour bank account long-term. And I 100% agree with them. And, and, you know, when you start looking at um, what you can and can't outsource, one of the things that I've done has been pretty successful is just almost do you ever hear of a time in motion? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yes. What is time in motion? If you do a time in motion, you just grab a calendar. Um, let's say you, you typically work. We'll just use nine to five. I know none of yeah. us work nine to five because, you know, we work 24 hours a day, but just assume it's nine to five, right? You take your calendar out and what you do is you start identifying, documenting what you're going to, what you do on a daily basis. Try that for a week, try that for two weeks, try that for three weeks. Before you know, you're going to look at your calendar and you're going to say, holy cow, um, I realize what I need to be doing on a more consistent basis and what I can take off my plate and outsource it to, whether it's someone in-house, a partner, a virtual assistant, whatever it is, right? Or whoever that is too. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that's uh, we, we call it time blocking over here. Uh, and within time blocking too, that makes sense. And I see the challenge too. We talk, We ask agents to time block at least a week and come back the week later. Nothing was written down. Yep. No one wants to spend a mental energy time blocking. But if they actually realized it, and I've done it before many times, if you actually realize what you time block, just use 15 increments and yep. you look down every single day, like, wow, what happened here? It, the the hour, hours just passed by. You were looking at social media. You got distracted. You had to do family errand. But that family errand turned to a couple hours, right? Yep. And then yeah. I'll add that, I mean, it, it's kind of like, you know, door knocking. It's not fun. Let's call it what it is. Time blocking is not fun either. It, it takes a discipline. Like you said, just take one week, try it, right? Just, just, you know, I, I would, I would look at it as a competition and I would say, all right, let me, uh, let me go over this and, and, and take my calendar and be very disciplined for one week. I will promise you it, it'll help you out for the rest of the year and allow you to make a lot more money if you do that one task in one week, right? Just try one week. And I think some parts of it, they're, they're scared to realize what have I, what am I doing every single week? Am I on autopilot and just running? But if you actually looked at it in time block, wow, I did not prospect 90 minutes a day for five days a week. I prospected nothing uh, or one a day. And then they, they look at it and like, you know, it doesn't feel good. That's probably why most people don't want to do it. I, I think you're right. A lot of times it hurts because when you look at exactly what you've done, you're like, oh crap, it's, uh, huh. Maybe that's why the, the things aren't working out. But you nailed it, Matthew, on that one. I 100% agree. It does hurt sometimes when you actually realize what you are not doing. Yeah. Most people don't want to go for pain. They want to go for pleasure. They don't want to think everything's right. easy. They'll take the challenge of, I'll do, I'm so busy in life. I'm doing all these things. But it really results in nothing because they haven't focused. They haven't found mm -hmm. the one thing they're focused on to do. And they're not prioritizing it. They're just taking other tasks in between to fill up their day. Right. Right. That's, that's a waste of time. Really what we need to think about is like, how do you keep breaking down the 80-20 of value, of money, of ROI, and just keep breaking that down and focus to the hyper-focus to what you need to get done that makes you the most, and then delegate everything else out there and learn to delegate, learn to manage, learn to lead. And that's hard because like, you know, we're not all trained that way to do that. Nope, not at all. And one of the things that you actually said, and that's important, is a lot of people don't realize it's the consistency that actually gets the results, right? I mean- no matter what, if you're an agent and you don't do things consistently on a consistent basis, like prospecting, prospecting is an example, where are the leads going to be coming from if you don't consistently do that, right? It's very, very important that these, these tasks like prospecting or, you know, following up if someone buys Zillow leads and they only call them once, mm -hmm. they just spent $100, $200 on that lead and they call them once because they're going to the next one, they're going to the next one. Right. Those are tasks right there that are that are I mean, that that could be, you know, five, ten, fifteen thousand dollar call. Yeah. And I think that's because, you know, for example, Zillow sales reps, they'll call you all day and they'll prospect really well. But when you get the lead, it's shiny objects. You're going to get a lot of leads. You're going to pay a lot of money and you're going to confirm if you get one deal, they're going to pay for your whole year. OK, great. But then when you take it in, you don't really have the discipline. You don't you're not consistent. You're not following up. You need 16 to 20 times to follow up. Well, if you're not even building that, don't even have the foundation. You're just blowing the money away because you got the shiny object syndrome, right, to buy it. Right. I don't know how many you know, out of your office, I don't know what the statistics are, but, you know, in our office, 70% of all the properties, it, you know, they're all from follow-up, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So you get and it's not only one follow-up, you're talking about multitude. You, you, you mm -hmm. said that you said 15, 16 touches, right? I mean, that's yeah. real stuff. And guess what? 
I'm personally not going to be following up with someone 15 times. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work to do it. And it's, it's hard because like you only have so much time in a day. How are you consistently following up? If you don't have automation, you don't have scale, you don't have a delegation and you're individual, how do you do everything yourself? You can't, there's, yep. this is impossible. And that's where a virtual assistant comes in. I mean, that's what we use them in our business as well. Um, great team members like that. You add to your team to do tasks like follow up because, Hey, they'll follow up a hundred times until someone says, Hey, no, I'm not interested. Or, Hey, you know what I mean? So you got someone who's consistently doing that because you know, you won't do it. I won't do it. And a lot of people listening to this podcast won't follow up 14, 15 times, but there are virtual assistants like we offer, obviously that will do that for us. So why is it they'll do it, but we won't do it. And like, okay, well, how do I know they can do it right? And how do they even know what to say? You know, I can't say it myself, for example, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, no, there's, I mean, think about this. If you look at prospecting, you know how much different training is out there in prospecting, right? So all you need to do is, yeah, you grab a script, you like it. We test it first for us. You know, we always test it first to make sure that, because think about this, if we're prospecting and we understand how to prospect, then we hand it off to somebody else we could then better manage them and better, better coach them and understand if those leads that are coming in are really good leads. So there's a lot of training. I mean, you know, we see this all the time. There's a lot of different training online. We're, we're in a fortunate kind of, kind of uh, world right now where a lot of stuff that we need is online, right? It's on the training mm -hmm. side, the scripting side. So what I would recommend is I would look first. So if, if I'm going to start from scratch, what yeah, I would do is, yeah, I'd go to YouTube and I would look up, um, you know, prospecting and I'd probably, there's probably a thousand different types of people that prospect, right? There's a lot of different coaching programs that'll put out good videos, right? Um, and a lot of sales, sales organizations that offer this stuff. I would do that. And then I would test it, try it myself, create a script, and then I would outsource it. And I would say, you know, for example, most agents out there, you know, some of them might not be as disciplined and actually do role playing, actually do scripting and practice and, you know, learn how to convert because they're scared to get rejected and doing it every single day getting rejected doesn't feel good for anyone. Mm -hmm. well, and true. So that's, that's a, that's why that's a perfect task to get off your plate. Yeah. And I think so, because for example, we know from like a disc profile, there's different personality types. There's going to be people, people who thrive on nose. They're going to be people who thrive on wanting more information and wanting to call, wanting to re reach out, wanting to help more people. And there's people who are more analytical, don't want to be introverted. I don't want to be calling everyone and talking to them, getting rejected all day, right? If I can delegate that out yeah. and they can do it better than I can because they're better at it and that's their personality type, let them do it, right? And help you. Yeah, but, Richard, I mean, think about this. No matter where we are in this world, whether it's, it's it's in the personal life it's in you know the the real estate world rejection is not the easiest thing to, to handle right because um you know we're, human beings just don't like <laughs> in essence rejection i have my uh my real estate business partner right over in the other room he loves it <laughs> he's not normal though but he's <laughs> he's probably about the one percent of the world but the other 99 percent uh typically you know rejection it hits them a little different way. And that's why I always look at different types of tasks like that um, on the rejection side are great ones, again, to take off my plate and, and keep building my business, but off, you know, off outsource those, those uh, types of tasks. So a part of that too, is really when you're doing that, what happens is you're delegating that one thing that you might not be as so good at. If you are great, do it. But if you're not, then when you're delegating that, that actually is giving you a lot of time back because for example, let's say they're prospecting 90 minutes a day, just at, at a minimum or even full time, they're hitting so many people so fast and they have the energy and mental energy to do it and to focus. And they're practicing that one thing, right? They're not playing basketball, soccer, football, uh, you know, at the same time, they're doing one thing all day, right? And yeah. because that's their type. And for you, you as an agent, you're getting back the time to focus on client relationship, client servicing, and you know, building your business, right? So that's part of your you just delegated a part of it. How are how do you start like from that point? Okay, I delegated one thing. How do I start doing the next thing and like hiring the next VA? And then how do I start automating prior to this? Yeah. So what I do is I identify and document what you do. I mean the Let's look at what real estate agents typically do. You have you have the marketing side, right? You have to mm -hmm. consistently post on social media. I know some some do, some don't, right? But as a, lot soon, yeah. a lot a lot don't. But you have to brand and market. So you have branding and marketing. That's that's in one bucket, right? And then now you have prospecting. And then when lead comes in, right? Now you have to really analyze whether it's a buyer or seller lead. You know, analyze the property, analyze the buyer if the buyers actually could get qualified, etc. 
So then there's a lot. And then once properties get under contract, you have transaction coordinating work, right? And then getting it to close. So what I would do is I would look at my business as a real estate agent and I would put them in different buckets, right? You may have different buckets than I do. You know, you could have branding is one bucket. Marketing could be another. Prospecting another. Um, you know, once you actually uh, uh, get get a client, if you will, under contract is another. And then now you get a, a property under contract. Let's say you get a listing, you get a property under contract. All those will fall under like the transaction coordinating bucket and then getting them to close as well. So there's a lot of different buckets you could actually uh, break down in your own business. I know everyone's just a little different, so I don't want to, you know, have a general bucket, but you, get, you understand what I kind of what the concept is there. Yeah. So for example, like I work with a lot of virtual assistants. I, they're my assistants. They're not virtual. Virtual doesn't matter. They can be localized yeah. here, right? Especially with COVID going on too. And we'll, we'll dive into that too, talk about how that works as a global strategy. But even for example, okay, one, when you're first starting real estate and you start delegating, you think about what you do best, start delegating the rest, right? So if I delegate prospecting because I don't like it, second thing I want to start delegating, let's say I want to start delegating branding and marketing, you made a good point. For example, as an agent, you want to be posting social media all day, every day, like Gary Vaynerchuk, 36 times a day. Well, I don't have time to do that. I need to service my clients. I need to meet new clients. I need to make appointments. I need to show houses. I need to go on contract. Well, that, then that makes a good point hire another assistant to help you with that part of it. And even for yourselves and your teams, you guys have um, special virtual assistant specialists who specialize in social media. Yep. Yeah. Same thing. So it's a, what we do is an, on the, so all my virtual assistants are in the Philippines. So what we do okay. is we have a, a recruiting sourcing team that they know what our clients want. So they're going to try, they're, they're going to find out, they're going to source for different types of um, skills that those virtual assistants have. And then we put them into a training program, month uh, month long training program. And then we do just like you said, disc profiling. And we also do predictive index. So now they get a breakdown of behavioral, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, we place them. We go, that goes to our placement team, who then looks at the skill set that is needed. Look at the resume of the virtual assistant, put them together, interview, and then they get started. Okay. So for example, now they're started and they're, you're working on marketing and branding. How do I know that they're going to help me with my marketing and branding? They understand my marketing and branding. They understand what I want. But even for some agents, they don't even understand what they want, right? Like, oh, for example, I'm an agent who can do everything. I target all people. I target all properties. Yep. That's realistically not true. You probably can't do that really well. You can do it, but it won't be great because you're not defining your niche, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so what we how, do agent, how does the system help with that? Yeah. So we do on the front end as a company, we do an onboarding intake. So, um, you know, we have someone who will meet with our admissions team. Admissions team will break down exactly what tasks you're looking to get off your plate. And I think, it's, yeah, yeah. But it's really important to be, you know, and this is a mistake I made when I first started using virtual assistants. I'm like, well, I need a uh, hundred things. Well, that means for me personally, I failed as a as a business owner because even if I had someone in my office and I said, well, I need 100 things and I gave them 100 things to do, they would fail. Mm -hmm. right? So I learned to create a, you know, a job description on what I actually wanted to get done. So if it's branding and social media, I'll write out exactly what I want. All right. Every Monday, um, I'll give you uh, I'll give you five different websites to pull a article from as an example. And I'm just going along with this right now. Yeah. Boom, boom, post it here, 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 and here. Well, guess what? There are that's a set of tasks to do for a virtual assistant, right? On the on the marketing side. When I have a property under contract, I will I will upload all of my pictures up to a Google Drive, and I want you to do A, B, C, and D. So those are another set of tasks as well. So that's what I've learned for myself that has helped a lot on the on the managing side and you know, to, to not confuse anyone, either, either whether it's in my office, like you said, whether it's in my office, a virtual assistant down the street or one of my virtual assistants out of the Philippines, it's all the same. So let's talk about that too. Let's say, for example, as a new agent, you might not have all these checklists. You might not know what to do or how to do it and where to do it. So yeah. let's say, for example, I'm interested in having an assistant. Do you guys help agents train them on how to do it? Because that's Technically, it's an agent's job, but you guys probably have more experience, especially for a newer agent, and you guys have been doing it for so long. Do you show agents, hey, for example, based on our experience, when you do a new listing or helping a new buyer, you want to post on all these social media websites. Here's kind of the contents you want to say. Um, here's how you want to brand yourself. Yeah, you so start we, back. 
Yeah, so we do have that type of training there. I, we also have a hundred task list we can share with your audience as well um, that has oh. it laid out like that, exactly what you're talking about. Here's a, a checklist of exactly what you could use a virtual assistant for. So that'll help guide you and then it'll turn, the, you know, because everyone is different, right? For me personally, yeah. I'm a little bit different than you. We're all, our end result is to get a property under contract, or to get a listing, get a property under contract and get it closed, right? Yeah. And I think one thing too, to help is helping agents is really like for, even for myself, when I'm coaching agents, it's really defining your processes. So like, yeah. if you think about like a Ritz Carlton effect, right. Or Airbnb, you're starting from start to finish. How do you go create the process, the systems and optimize it to go from start to finish at a high level, five-star, 10-star you know, service. Right. And you start breaking it down, but I understand not everyone has a kind of data complexity where I want to start analyzing every single part point like Amazon does, right? Like every single point in the system and process to get from start to finish, from listing to close, from buyer to close, and then learning how to delegate it out. But if a virtual assistant already kind of understands the gist of it, even let's call it 70-30 and they're doing it and they're doing it better, you know, start with that as a minimum and then start building upon it to make the service level better, right? Like, okay, well, that was good, but we could have done it faster. We could have done it easier. Or we don't even need to do that because it's just a waste of time. Yeah. You start defining, and I use this word, uh, this acronym called DEAL. Define, eliminate, automate, and leverage it. Nice. So you start defining it. Then you say, well, I need to do this. Yes, this creates better service. Great, do it. Okay, how do I eliminate it off my task? How do I automate it? And how do I leverage it to an assistant to do it? Then yep. you start getting off all that off your plate. It's funny you say that because that's one of the things that uh, to my first business partner taught me. He said, listen, everything that you do, you got to start documenting it. And I didn't mm -hmm. really understand it at the beginning when I first started. Again, I came from the yeah. hockey rink and I jumped in the business world. He said, listen, everything you do, you should start documenting it. Because one day it's going to create a, you know, manuals for your business. And then that actually turned into, we created it's what's called short sale flagship system. It was a big, you know, we had <laughs> departments of our business and we created that. It started with just the overview and then it, we created scripts in it. Then we created, um, you know, how to market it, how to, how to uh, negotiate, et cetera. So it's pretty interesting how that started. So to your point, it's everything that we do. We could help with all that too as well. I mean, we've had our virtual assistants work with whether it's an aging or property management company and creating processes and systems for your business as well. And that's a good point. For, for example, like, you know, like in real estate, no one's going to hand you a, a manual. Here's everything you do from start to finish on all types of properties, no matter what, right? Luxury, short sales, foreclosures. No one's going to give you a manual to do that. And even if they gave you the manual, you're not going to read all of it and you're not going to understand it and like right. learn through it. So it's tough and I get it. But really the point of it is like learning how to actually you know, document what you're doing. Even if you're new or seasoned, document everything you're doing. And the best way to do it is this. Have assistant just follow you, shadow you, everything you're doing. Doc have them document it for you if you don't. Another trick some people say is, for example, use a video recording system online, like, you know, one of the video services, and just record what you're doing and have them document it from there and then start taking over. Yep. And, and to that point, a great thing which I've done on many occasions, I've, you know, quick time, right, on my computer. So I just record what I'm doing on my computer. If it's a new pre-foreclosure campaign, right, as an example. So every, every uh, probably a lot of counties and a lot of states have all different ways to get their pre-foreclosure list as an example, right? We have a judicial website here in Connecticut. I'm, I'm over here in Connecticut right across, right across the country from you. But our, our process is a little different than yours. Um, so what I did is I actually logged in. I showed and I uh, did a screen capture on how to actually – get all of the lists in pre-foreclosure pre lists, someone who's not paying their mortgage. And I went through each step. It took me 10 minutes. And then what I did is I recorded that and I sent it off to my virtual assistant, Sid. And now he's following it and we're getting leads and we're getting deals every single month. So just off of a 10 minute video, I created a whole training platform of what we want him to do. And, and for personally for me, I love that. Like I'm creating over 110 courses right now on everything from real estate, from marketing, sales, and tech, and that back-end operations. And even then, I know some of our courses took four months to write it. Most people don't want to read it. But if you lay it out and make it simplified for them, it's easy to follow. And it's also easy to delegate it to a VA to follow. And if you gave them that process and documentation, they know exactly step-by-step step what to do, how to do it. And they're the ones who are willing to le listen, learn, and watch and do it for you. But that result you just talked about too. If you spent 10 minutes making a video for a VA to take over and do it, and that VA was able to give you a 
solid lead and you converted that lead yeah. think about how many how many x's did you just do did you just 10x that yeah. and is that one time or is that kind of like evergreen where you're being able to reuse that process over and over and have mm -hmm. them bring you leads every single month so let's use that as a perfect example of what you said let's say you kind of get you get all sweaty when you're like oh yeah i'm listening to bob and matthew over here and and i don't know how to create a job description right let's just yeah. right, you know that's i get it 100 right it's a high percentage of us the one thing we just said is all right do a screen let's use the pre-foreclosure example perfect example right i did a screen capture for 10 minutes on how to actually build that list so if you put in the category of building the list because a lot of times within this particular system, it has the homeowner's phone number in there and it tells you what process and in status and where they are in the in the foreclosure. Right. So now, you know, all right. Uh, did they appear in the foreclosure court? Yes or no. Right. So you create a little checkbox inside there. They get the phone number. Then they call them the pre-screen to see if they're list if they're interested to list their property or sell their property. Right. So now they just took care of you know, building a list, skip tracing and calling to pre-screen the gauge seller motivation. Boom. Now they just gave you a hot lead, right? Now it's our job. It's my job, Matthew. Your job is to turn that into a listing or if you're an investor, turn it into a purchase, right? So just take that little system right there and use that. Just figure out because I know you have a, a lot of different individuals that listen to this from every different state. Use that one system, figure out how you do it in your state and just copy that. You will make money. And that's a good part of it because really when you think about that mental energy, if you were to do that every single day, but now you delegated it and you had a qualified VA who knows what you want, follows your process and does it all day, every day, as much as you want, you're getting that time to focus on converting, right? So that also creates the mental energy where you're getting that off your plate. You're learning to delegate that one thing to them. And now the next part of it you talk about is like, for example, the branding, the marketing, the transaction coordination, as you slowly learn to delegate each part of it out, you're getting more time back. And the choice of time is up to you. Are you going to sit there and watch TV or are you going to actually use that to start talking to clients and converting business to help pay for everything, right? Yep. And the beauty is that the reason why I love this conversation is because, you know, for us, um, if I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to the digital website every day, mm -hmm. right? If I have my VA going there and I write. So what we have is we have a, we have a Google sheet and we put the tabs in the bottom, each town. West Hartford, Meriden, Water Bear. Yeah, I have about 15 different towns that are down there, but they're following the same process, right? So they're going in there, scraping, looking to see where they're at in the process. That is all getting done while I specifically build my business. I don't worry about that side of it. And then they also drive in leads where, guess what? That didn't cost me. I didn't buy a $200 Zillow lead where I know everyone else in, in my whole state is buying that same lead and it's whoever gets there quicker. Right. Yeah. And I know for us personally, um, this particular campaign will get you a lot of listings because we do in our own office. Right. My business partner has a brokerage. Um, so we get listings both on the on the retail side and we purchase properties as well. Right. And see, you guys are also using it too. So for example, you guys have a tech brokerage and you guys also have a VA company. So if you're doing both, you're actually utilizing your own assistance yeah. to help you build that business. By the same time, you're providing that service for others to copy and do the same thing for their, their for their markets and for them to utilize it. Let's play devil's advocate, for example. Yeah. I'm a new agent. I can't afford it. So how am I going to get it? How can I get a VA? I can't afford it. Uh, I always look at it. You, you nailed it earlier. It's an investment, Right. Um, I know when I first started real estate, I had to invest in my business. You need some sort of, I mean, look at me. Well, look what I did. I door knocked, right? So if today you can't afford, if you legitly, let's call it what it is. If you're brand new and you cannot, you just left your job and you decided to, to be a real estate agent full, full time. Let's use that as a perfect example. Yeah. You're going to have to do all, you're going to have to go to the, as an example, judicial website, you have to build your own list. You're going to have to cold call. You're going to have to door knock just like I did when I started. There's nothing wrong with that. And then after you get your first deal, take a certain amount of money, put it aside. After you get your second deal, take a certain money, amount of money and, and put it aside. So if you can't, in essence, uh, afford it today, that's okay. But work towards it. Set it as a goal to be able to do it to offset some of those things. And, work, and, and one of the things, too, is, is I think it's really important. A lot of people um, 
if you can't afford it, then what I would do is I would work with somebody and maybe split commissions, right? I know maybe not a partnership, but as a Matt, Matthew, if you and I were in the same market and I was brand new, you'd probably say, Bob, all right, hey, come on to the team, do all these tasks and get paid for it. So that's another thing that I would do. Yeah, I think there's many different options. And of course, we all want to be resourceful and like learn, okay, there's not just no, it's like, okay, if there's no, how do I do it? I can't afford it. How do I figure out how to do it? Like you just mentioned, Bob, okay, I'm going to partner with a person who has experience, who has a team, who can help me get my first deal. Once I get my first deal, I can take that money and reinvest. And I might learn a lot from them anyways at the same time. And when I feel comfortable to take it on as a solopreneur and hire my own assistant, do it. But really, yeah, you mentioned it is an investment and it's part of the business. If you're growing a real business, you got to reinvest in your business. Do you think Amazon reinvests in the business? They reinvest a lot of money back into the business. No matter what, you reinvest. And I see people treating it as expense all the time. Like, why are you treating this as expense? You're spending zero dollars, you're making good money, and you're not growing because you're stopping yourself and you're taking that mental mindset of, I can't afford it. Even if you made 100K, 200K. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know what? That's that is a you, you nailed it. It is a mindset thing on that side of it. And it's knowing that, hey, guess what? You got to look at what you want to do. I mean, real estate, we could work 24 hours a day if we want. Right. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe 26, 27 hours a day. But for me, yeah. personally, um, I have three kids. They all play hockey, ice hockey. Nice. I coach one of them because my, my, my two older ones are, um, you know, a little older now. So someone else coaches them. But I know for me personally, um, I want to spend time with them. I want to make sure I don't miss any games. Um, but that means that I also want to scale my business. I also want to become more efficient. And I also in the summer times want to spend time at my lake house. So nice. you could only do some, you know, so many of those things if you have stuff that you're, you're willing to outsource and not do yourself. Um, okay. I think that's, that's very important because those are the three things that, you know, going through all these years in this business, it's either, you know, if you want more time, you got to start outsourcing stuff. If you want to become more efficient, you need help. If you want to scale, you really need help. So those are the three things that we find um, people. The reason why people, you know, either want to uh, hire in-house or hire a virtual assistant. All right. Let's talk about that. Okay. I agree. You totally make 100% uh, sense. And I need to start delegating. I have too many things on my plate. All right. I don't even know how to delegate. I don't even know how to hire. I don't even know what to say. And like, I don't even have a job description. How do I hire a VA? Yeah. Well, like I said, we have an admissions team, so you could definitely get on a call with us and say, hey, listen, you know, um, here's what we're looking for. I don't know how to hire. I don't know how to bring anybody on because we, we take care of that as a company. Uh, you'll okay. see what our admissions team will walk through exactly, you know, a strategy session, exactly what you're looking for in your business and what your biggest need is. Okay. And, and what we do is we find the virtual assistant that fits exactly what you're looking for. And then we also have a management team. We call them a client service manager that also helps you manage and work with the virtual assistant to help set up KPIs or metrics that you want to get done every single day. And they send an end of day report um, to make sure that they hit the numbers that you're looking to hit. Nice. And let's break that down even further. Okay. I hired, I'm choosing to hire a VA and I'll just start off with this. I want to hire a VA to help me build my marketing, my branding. Let's start with that category first. Okay. How do I know the VA knows what to do? Even I don't know what to do. How do you help me build my brand up? As a solo agent. Yep. Well, first of all, you need a you need a logo. <laughs> or okay. how do you want to brand yourself? Is it just your uh, you I want know? a logo? I want to set up my own. I'm an independent, I'm an agent at a company and I want to brand myself, right? And I want to build a team later when I can have, when I can build a team. But for starting off, okay, I, I probably need a logo. I probably need a website. I probably need some social media presence. Can you help me with that? Yep. Well, first and foremost, the answer, well, the answer is yes, and here's how you do it. Because in branding, let's Let's uh, break that down. Branding means that you're everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Let's look at different brands out there, whether it's Tesla or wherever, right? As soon as you start seeing branding all over the place, all of a sudden now you notice that there's a lot of Teslas on the road, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing with us, right? You, let's say um, you're doing uh, daily podcasts. Uh, Obviously you are doing daily podcasts. I do once a week right now, but yeah. yeah, Right, you're doing podcasts and now I see your sign down the street. Like, oh, Matthew, he's all excited. And now I get it right now. He's putting one, uh, you know, one-on-one together. You got Facebook, you got Instagram, right? You got Twitter. If you're posting on those three, there's obviously there's a billion other places that you could post. But what I would do is set up number one. I would set up exactly what you want to do on a daily basis. Is that is that feedback on my end? Yeah. Okay. I, I there's feedback in, on your end. Meaning not feedback. I mean, I hear a, a, an echo on there. Sorry about that. 
But anyway, what I, what I would do is I would set up that calendar on the branding side and then go over exactly what we want posted on a daily basis because branding is, is different than marketing, right? Branding is getting, um, you know, Matthew, you out there on a daily basis and making sure because people want to see you. Um, you know, I just came from a, a mastermind and one of my buddies, Eric uh, Brewer, he actually posts every single day and he created an outline of what he's going to do. So on the way to work, he does a video. He does a, a Facebook live video and then now his virtual assistant will take that and post it to other sites as well and say hey did you miss this did you see this and then now what he does he gets a lot of business that way he gets them from investors he gets them from agents he gets them from property managers just because he's out there every single day and it's going and blasting all over the internet right on a same thing agents could do they could do tip of the day nice Right. So let's put that. How do I know they even know how to post it? What happens if they post it wrong? Or, you know, I just give them a template. So for me personally, what I do is I create a template and I have them work within what I want them to do. Right. Okay. I don't know how to create a template. Yep. For um, example, then we, then, we could, then we would help you. We okay. would help. Yeah. Nice. You would help me with that. I like that. You're helping me with everything because I'm trying to figure out my own business right now. You're, you know, I'm just letting you know what I need, but you're helping me through the process of understanding what I need and how to make it happen, right? So your VAs are going through that, kind of um, ha having consultations with them and then helping them figure out, okay, I need a website. Okay, well, I don't even know what to say on the website. Um, how, how does the content work? Are you guys helping with the content? I can give you ideas. How do we work together to make build my brand up? Yeah, the beauty of the website stuff, and we know that there's a lot of different websites with, you know, it's, if it's a real estate agent that comes on, there's a lot of, there's a lot of websites that our um, brand wants us to use, right? If it's more of a, you know, a bigger brand or if it's a smaller brand, you know, there's, if you're dealing with real estate agents, you have um, investor carrot sites out there, et cetera. There's a lot of different pre-done sites out there, which is fantastic that we would help you with as well. Um, building it from scratch, I have a person that, does it for me from scratch, um, but I wouldn't hire me personally. I wouldn't hire just a virtual assistant just to do my website because there are um, there are companies out there that would that would do it way faster. Nice, yeah. So you have to find that and then kind of like strategize, and then have a, even having a coach strategize how to do what you need to get done and how to do it and who to utilize to do it. And for example, within your VA company, um, you have different services, different departments, different specialists. So for example, now branding is one person, maybe marketing, social media marketing might be a different person, video marketing, video editing, um, transaction coordination. You know, do you guys have all that? We do. Yeah. So what we do is like, it's uh, like I said, um, um, a little, a little bit earlier is whatever you're looking for, for us personally, um, mm -hmm. we can find anything that you're looking for. Um, we have, we have training going on every single day. So consistently we have, new, we call them batches. We have new batches of virtual assistants coming in every single week that we're recruiting, we're sourcing for, and we're training. And by the time they get they come out of training, then we're placing them for exactly what you're talking about for those, tip, uh, those different types of skills. Nice, and let's go to a little more complicated. Okay, well, that sounds great. Um, I need, a, I need a domain name, for example. It's just a little simple and a little complex. Okay, I want a domain name, but then at the same time, you know, I don't know how to set it up, for example, and then I need a, to tie it into my website. I need to get all configured. Do you guys help with that, or do I need to find someone else to help me with that? Yeah, we can help with that. We have, um, like I said, we have over 600 VAs that are on our team and support members that have a multitude of different types of um, a task, um, different types of skill sets, et cetera, um, and experience. So we could definitely help with that. Good. And, you know, that's a really good point. And then the next question some people ask too, is like, how do I know I can trust them? How do I know they're even doing it right? Or they're even, um, or there's something else in the back end, or they steal, they steal my information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've, we don't run into that too often. Um, I actually had uh, one of the first times I got that question, I think, I think it was about two weeks ago. Or <laughs> if they steal my stuff. Um, yeah. I don't even, and I always ask that question to, to elaborate. What do you mean by steal your stuff? Like what type of stuff is there? Because um, a virtual assistant, what are they going to do with um, uh, content on your website? As an example, yeah. right? Uh, my photos, my content, my domain name, my email address, my passwords. I don't know. Yeah. So this is what I always say, especially in, if you're working with anyone um, and a lot of people say, well, what happens if I give some financial information? I always say steer away from, you know, given any financial information to anybody, 
to anybody, whether it's someone in your office or somebody that, like you said, a virtual assistant down the street or anywhere else, right? So those are the things that you keep private to yourself. Um, my virtual assistants have a copy of my password for my email because they, they handle a lot of my email stuff. They have password for my GoDaddy because they help with that. But again, that's me and that's my comfort level, right? I know everybody's different on their level of comfort. So um, just be, you know, just do what you're comfortable with. And um, I always know for me personally, um, I could change my password any day. Yeah. Right. And I think for some people out there, just so they know, there's services out there like, you know, password management systems where you can actually share your password to them and they don't see your password, but they have access and you can kind of understand the access they're getting to it. That makes it feel a little more comfortable. At the same time, if you're a little more, even more secure, you can add two-factor authentication for those who understand. And that can actually text you a one-time alert. So you know when they're logging in, you know where they're logging in from, and you know it's getting shared and you can deny it right away. And if anything- we always have that. hundred percent always have that. Right. Yes, exactly. And you, you can build that trust and you start learning to what to trust them with. I, you know, I work with assistants all the time and I learned to delegate a lot of it out and I learned to create trust. And you see over the years how you communicate, how you help each other and the intentions behind them. Right. And you can yep. see good hearted, good hearted people who want to help you build your business. Yeah, And, I, and I've never had that issue on, um, you know, virtual assistants working for me. Right. Yeah. Um, again, yeah. It, it's just part of just part of how that is. But I'll tell you what's what's working right now um, with our virtual assistants very, very well is the lead generation side, because obviously in the real estate world right now, it's competitive, right? There's a lack of inventory out there. We need inventory. We need either list properties, buy properties, et cetera. So uh, prospecting and lead generation is something that's working very, very well for a lot of our real estate agents on the transaction coordinating side. Nice. And I think people do need a lot more lead generation. I don't think people are lead generating enough. And especially like you mentioned, 70% at least is through follow-up. And I don't think most agents can follow up enough. None of us can. Even I can. I cannot follow up 16 times per person, every single person. That's impossible to do. You need a team of assistants. You need automation. You need follow-up. You need scripts. And you need to market and brand to retouch them again, right? Yeah. And I would say, you know, you know, a lot of people say, well, how many VAs do I need to start? You could start with a part-time virtual assistant or a full-time virtual assistant. We offer 20 hours or 40 hours a week. I mean, think about that. How much can you get done in your own day or in your own week if you could outsource 20 hours per week or 40 hours per week and take a lot of those tasks off your plate that are consistently done? Right. Nice. That's a lot too. Let's say this. Okay. I hired, I hired them and I'm doing, I'll start off with 25 hours a week. Well, what happens if I don't, I don't know how to communicate with them. And it's my fault because I don't know how to communicate delegation, right? I don't know how to communicate what I want to get done. And what I say I want done doesn't really translate well with them. How does that work? So we have, like I said, a client service manager on top of that, that looks at end of day reports every day. So for instance, um, what, the, what, you're like, let's say you have a virtual assistant and at the end of the day, virtual assistant sends you an end of day report, right? So mm -hmm. our client service manager, who's the manager that manages that relationship will also look at what results happen, what KPIs or metrics are on that end of day report. And there's always a flag if, you know, certain numbers aren't hit. So if your KPIs are, I want someone to call X amount of dials or dial X amount of people per day, and those, that number is way low, that's a flag that all of a sudden now the client service manager will call the VA to say, hey, is there a tool issue? Is there a lead issue? You know, it has the, has the client, real estate agent or investor sent you a new lead list to be able to call, right? So there's a lot of different triggers there that we have set up to make sure that, you know, you have enough tasks to fulfill in that 20 hour week. And I think part of that too is like really, um, teaching the agent to learn how to communicate with them and making sure that they understand what you're saying to them and not what you're telling, but what you're saying. And what does that really mean? Because it might mean two different things to different people when you right. hear it. And another one might be language barriers, but for example, in Philippines, they speak English. So that's good. Um, one people, some people say, Hey, well, what, isn't it better to hire in the U S versus hire in Philippines? And I don't, I say, no, because I think about global business, global business is done globally, right? And are you saying that someone in the US is smarter than someone in the Philippines? I don't think that's true. I think you're just finding smart people and they can be located anywhere in the world. They don't have to be US based. It can be, that's a, that's a choice. Yep, exactly. And, and you know what? So all of our virtual assistants have a four-year college degree as well. So I'm, I'm here in Connecticut and if I'm going to hire someone in my in, in office that has a four-year college degree, I mean, mm -hmm. the cost of that is about fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a yeah. year right now virtual assistants they're around 
they eat, they, they range. And what we do is we just do $10.60 flat um, per hour. So I know for me, I'm in Connecticut and I can't hire somebody that high quality for that amount of an investment. And the next thing people say, well, if they're only getting 10, 16 hour, are they even high quality? Is that so cheap? Yep. I do hear that as well, about hundred percent of four year college degree. Like I said, mm-hmm. um, we, you know, we vet out English proficiency. We do, like I said, on the, on the sourcing and recruiting side, they go through system check to make sure they have, you know, the correct RAM on the computer, correct speed, the correct backup, et cetera. So the answer is yes. And I think one thing to take onto that is this. Different countries have different pricing, different levels, different um, median incomes. And just because that dollar amount seems low to you because you're U.S. based or you're certain like California based, you might think that dollar doesn't make sense. But even take example, San Francisco income versus some small city in the U.S., that income level for the same job might be completely different. And you see big companies even utilizing that way if they want a U.S. based person. They'll take a different state with a small city who is a smart person and pay them a lot less because of location based, right? That is a great, yeah, that's a great point and, and 100% true because a lot of times when we look at things through our lens, we're always looking through our lens. I look at my th- things through a, a Connecticut lens. You're looking through things in through a San Francisco lens. If you're in Texas and, and Dallas is different than, you know, Southern Texas, right? I don't even know some states that are, the towns down in Southern, El Paso is that Southern Texas. <laughs> yeah. And I was even talking on the podcast this Tuesday, I did one other one, but he's like, the house costs 110000 I'm like, 110,000 a kitchen here costs 110,000 for example like it doesn't even make sense and your house is like thousands of square feet this house is like teeny tiny boxes and you're paying the same price that's right it's all relative there right yeah exactly and that's a mindset shift too because thinking about global business like i don't need a local physical person sitting right next to me do i need to like keep my eyes on them really that doesn't really make sense i don't have time for that Right. And, and I, you know, it's your point. I think it's very important to have metrics though. And no matter what, like, like you said, whether it's a virtual assistant or someone sitting right next to you, everybody should have metrics no matter what. Right. So now your metrics are at the end of the day, you can check to see if those metrics are being hit or not. Yeah. And you know, for example, before we wrap up too, like, okay, you guys provide a task list of a hundred things that actually is really helpful because agents can realize, wow, I have a hundred to a thousand different things I can do, but realistically, I don't want to do 95% of it. If I can delegate this out, that'd be great. All I need to do now is find the right person. And like, for example, one could be, yeah, they're experienced, but I don't communicate well with them. Just not even language. Just, I don't communicate with them. My personality type is super data analytical and they're not right so it's hard but when you find the right vas you work with and people they're people right you find the right people you work with you get along you start having more fun because you're actually creating a real business scaling it and creating a team and creating a culture and by doing that you're getting the time back and now you realize that time back if you're taking that and utilizing it towards practicing more building your business more connecting more then you could scale your business up but if you don't do any of it, then you're still going to be stuck in the same place you were, right? 100%. I mean, that, that, that's what I'd recommend. And I know we're getting towards the, the end here, but what I would do is I would identify the exact path. The biggest pain points in my business, I would you know, try to start documenting all of those and look to outsource those first, right? So I think it's really, really important to do that. Um, and one of the things, it's it's don't wait till next year. Don't wait till the year after. I think the sooner, one of the things that I've realized, um, again, whether it's outsourcing and working with a partner or, and I'm using partner loosely. I don't mean, you know, 50, 50 partner. I mean, someone that you could work with if you're just getting started, right. And you, you don't have the resources to start investing in a virtual assistant. What I would do is I would start looking at the stuff that you could do at zero cost, right? That's step one. And then once you actually can, you start to close deals, and you're looking to invest in and with a virtual assistant. Virtual assistant is part of your team. It's the same thing. I know we've been talking about this a couple of times, but it's the same thing if someone's in your own state, but they don't work in your office. Same thing. Yeah. You need to make sure that you treat them as part of your team because they 100% are. They are going to take off a lot of a lot of the heavy lifting off of your plate and consistently do the things that you need to get done in order to drive in business. I think it's very, very important. Nice. That makes sense. Um, and any final thoughts to that as well? Like, okay, you talk about, okay, really people need to, it's 2021, it's December. People really need to like think about their business, do an overview, figure out what makes sense to do, what makes sense to delegate and start delegating. And that mental shift of, okay, 
whatever you make now, you're investing in your business. Even if it's only 20 hours a week, find something, find help, get it done and learn to delegate. And going back, you know, the 70, 30 rule, let experiment with that. Like you're not taking a huge expense. You can cut your losses anytime. You say, this doesn't work for me. I need to do everything myself Then cut your loss. But if you don't take the challenge and invest into a, your business and learn how to delegate, learn how to build a team, you're going to be doing everything forever. And you're running the hamster wheel over and over. And you're not scaling your business. Like how do you go to a million dollars in sales or billion dollars in sales? You need a team to build it. And that's taking that initiative to start getting it done and delegating it out. Yeah. On that note, I, I mean, that that is 100% spot on. You have to start looking at you know, do you want more time left in, you know, in your day? Do you want to have more time left in your life? Do you want to become more efficient or do you want to scale? Right. That's it. Those are the three things you got to look at in your own business. And if the answer is yes, you got to then take a step back and look to what you can outsource and automate because that is going to make your, your life a lot more fruitful. Right. Whether you have kids or whether you have spouses that you want to spend more time with or whatever that looks like. Um that is very, very important. You know, especially you know, as we get older, our lens changes every single day, right? Yeah. You want more time. You want more family time. You want to watch your kids grow up. You don't want to be sitting here just doing all the ministry tasks, looking at every single line item. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. So that, that's what I would say, Matthew, on that, on that going away. But um, yeah, if anyone, if you're interested in you know learning more, I know Matthew, you have a, you're going to post the hundred task list there. Um, yeah. So your information's on there. And how do people reach out to you? Sure. You could uh, check me out on, obviously on, on Facebook, on Instagram, um, revaglobal.com. That's R-E-V-A global.com. My email's right there, which is bob at revaglobal.com. And um, we also have a podcast every Friday morning at 10 a.m. called Friday Coffee Break. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there. It's actually kind of comical, but uh, it's uh, nice. a lot of real estate questions that come in from all the, the users and viewers and um, some other stuff too That's that we just talk about. So it's fun. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on our show. Uh, for everyone out there, to the Truth About Real Estate podcast, we'll see you guys in the next one and have a great day.